Welcome to the Voice of Revenue, the no-nonsense show for revenue rock stars. Let's do this. Boys and girls, welcome to another show of the Voice of Revenue. And today we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is change, change management. Yes, absolutely, change management, right? Crikey, in revenue management, we only do with change, right? Got to change ourselves, so we got to get better and move up in our career. We got to change the company because we want to change the culture and we want to move it to the next level. And then last but not least, of course, every single day, you got to optimize the business to make more money, money, money. We just want your money, money. Meaning every day you make decisions, every day. You do something to get better, right? But there are fundamental differences between personal change, business change, and then equally your revenue management game, right? So let's look at it from a, um, from a different perspective of what we can do, what we need to work out for, and how we can be either the catalyst, right, the guide, but equally the hero at the end of the day, right? So now, where normally we help people become the heroes, in change management, we might just want to be the hero. Now, to start off with, just one thing about personal growth, right? Motivation is great. So you generally start with pleasure or pain. But it's very short-term. It's ain't a long-distance run-up. And I know it doesn't sound cool, but discipline is, right? Discipline starts where motivation stops, okay? And that will be the difference for you to succeed or not succeed. But now let's focus on the business stuff, right? I'm not a big proponent on the failure to learn. Can you imagine every time we go like, dude, yeah, so I moved the rates like by $1,000 because I think it's so awesome that we lose, Right? It's so awesome. I learned so much. I mean, we didn't fill the hotel. We literally had zero revenue. How cool is that? On the other end, you kind of go like, oh, I dropped it to a dollar. Man, we were full in five minutes. So awesome. But I did learn a lot from my failures here. Right? If you know something ain't working, right? I know we can test and test and test and test. But you know it's fundamentally wrong. Don't waste your time right? You're talking about risk reward ratio here, right? What risk am I going to take and what ratio of reward am I going to get back? So that failure to learn in business, in private, in uh, revenue management, I don't, I don't really am a big proponent of, to be honest. But why don't we like changing? Well, change is really hard. Think about it. I'm pretty sure you like pizza, And I say, you can't eat pizza anymore because you want to lose weight. That's a really difficult thing to do. And that's why we go travel. Because when we travel, we're escaping. We are not changing. 
Now we can also say, whew, it's a little bit like physics, Newton's law. So once a puppy runs, the puppy keeps on running, right? Also, fantastic, kind of gives us an explanation, but doesn't really help. And then we can talk neuroplasticity. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking, right? So when you're born, you're 100% outside. You have zero code written. You don't even know the language that you're written on. And so all those values, all those things are going to push inside of you. And then you start developing the I and the super I, the me and the super me. And you're sitting there and going like, oh, my God, I need to create my own values. But you know what? I don't have any. So I'll take the ones that I have. And you have about 90 odd thousand thoughts on any given day. The shit thing is 80, 90% are the same thoughts as yesterday. And even worse, up to 70% of those are negative. So you keep thinking negative, 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 negative. Limiting self-beliefs is what that is called. Right? And we want to stop that. Right? I'm not going to tell you now about how you can do positive affirmations and how you can do stuff. No, that's not what this is about. But this is about change. So we got to understand why people don't change or why they don't like to change. Right? But the second thing, especially in business, you got to understand why are they doing these things? Right? If you read my last uh, newsletter, and if you haven't, not you, you should sign up. You can find it on LinkedIn. We're talking about um, revenue management in the real world. I talked about Hayden literally being ultra competitive and always running in front of me, pushing everybody aside so he could open the doors. And it was doing my absolute nothing. It like, honestly, it killed me. And one day I was just like, mate, what are you doing? Right? And he said in a tearful voice, Papa, but you always open the door for mommy and it makes other people and mommy happy. So I want to make people happy. And like literally, uh, like I was floored for days because I didn't understand why action, reaction, cause, effect. I did not know what was behind it. And in, in change, especially in business, you got to understand why are things being done a certain way. The second thing is in revenue management, the biggest one you have to get rid of most of the time is this Excel mania, right? It's like you're asking people to break up with their partners, like honestly. And it's ego. It's comfort zone. It's what I know. It has always been blue. Why is it green? I need it to be blue. And then there's a sense of ownership. I made this sheet. It is so awesome. And you might be laughing, but I took a corporate role and we looked after 50 hotels, right? And I came in, my analysts were doing seven hours a day doing a pickup report, copy, pasting, moving, left, right, and And I was like, you people are nuts. Like you're wasting people's time. Like what, what is a pickup report at 4 p.m.? which tells me what happened yesterday. Oh, but it's done because A and B and this person put it in and the boss really likes it. You know, we had that a day. Everybody saw it. The boss really liked it. And so we asked the boss, hey, boss, do you like this report? And the boss said, which report? Oh, that report. Yeah, yeah. I'll see that once in a while. But honestly, uh, I don't really care. Well, that baby costs you 100,000 euros a year. Just in man hour. And if I add up, 
how much it's going to cost, right? So you got to understand why people don't want to change and you got to understand why are they doing certain things, right? And who for, right? Maybe just to impress somebody. Now, let's say then you, you got all of that and you say like, okay, I got this. What's next? Now, here's a critical part. You want to solve the issue, not your ego. If you're a data geek and you have to just get something automated and all of a sudden they come like, oh, there's visualizations and then you can do this and the digital marketing stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. And you can really do this for the operations. Yada, yada, yada. You sit there and you kind of go like, wow, shining objects. I love it. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. But you're getting into areas of the business that you might, again, not truly understand why are things done that way and why you should change it in the first place. And I felt for it. I, I once was tasked with optimizing a, a process or putting something, let's say this way, putting something un, um, unorganized into an organized approach so that we can replicate it and make money out of it. And I did it and it was awesome. I tell you, it looked so good until one person said, so you're actually adding three hours to the process and increasing cost without any more outcome. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, let me go back to the drawing board and make sure that my organized stuff is like better than the unorganized. It's the same with when you go out and say, I want to change market segments, right? For what? Tell me, what is the ROI at the end of it. Now, today wouldn't be today if I wouldn't have something clever to say about what you can do in order to combat all of that, right? Now, there is many models out there and I urge you, read up on them. So McKinsey's Sevens, Cotter, Nudge Theory, Lewins, right? Not all of them work for RM, if you ask me. And some are heavily dependent on what leader style you have, right? Some things you might not want to do because of the leadership style or the culture that you're in. But rewind, listen to a couple of those, and then Google them, ask them, and see which ones actually work for you. But here is my very, very favorite ones that you most probably have done or hopefully done in your career. So let's start with the most coolest one, the fuck you approach. Okay, that's literally mandating or restructuring or just doing it, right? You don't care what other people think. You're just going to go through it. And it has results. So when I went back to, uh, to that corporate role, I literally sat down for two days. We built something new that took 10 minutes instead of seven hours. It looked different. I had to get rid of some of the detail. I needed to shortcut some of the items. But... Overall, I think we would get 95% of what we had before. And then we just cut off one and send out the new one. Literally a shitstorm. Where is my report? But it was always blue. Why does it come at 9 o'clock in the morning? Not at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm so used to it. Oh, my God. You're asking me to change my life. This is crazy. I can't live anymore. We had all the nutters of this world come out and literally start whinging. And my guys were like, oh my God, they're all whinging. And I was like, guys, just don't reply. Delete the emails. Honestly, it'll take a week, two weeks, tops. And they start actually asking what it means. And guess what? After one week, 
Hey, what does that actually mean? This number over there, what does it mean? Oh, oh, it gives me actually something different, something more. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, wow. I have seen over the last week you had so much time to answer my other emails and give us recommendations and help so-and-so on my business. No shit, Harry. Of course we did, right? We had seven freaking hours across multiple analysts. So I had like an entire week every single day that I could give just from the bottom of my heart. So the FU approach really works well, but you got to know who you are and where you are, and you need to make sure that you have 100% of authority to do what you want to do. Right? The next one is a parenting approach. We all know that when you're a parent, you might not want to hear it, but we, we always ping pong between threatening and bribing. Or if you do this, you can watch TV. If you continue doing that, there is no TV time tonight. Again, that works, right? Where you give some and take some. It gets a little bit more complex in the business environment, especially when you have people around. But if you have a, a really cool team and you need to work with other departments, it's a really cool thing to do in order to drive change. Plus, you can always use that on your technology vendors. Ching, ching. Then we have the collaboration approach. Now, that one is really nice, but takes a long time. It's a bit like democracy on steroids, right? Everybody got to be happy. Come on, fuzzy bear, happy. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean everybody is on the same uh, wavelength and everybody wants the same thing. So at the end of the day, as long as you set boundaries and say, listen, great, we collaborate, but at the end of the day, it's my decision. Yes, might make you look a little bit like a dictator, but at the end of the day, is your ass on the chopping block, right? Now, the brilliant approach. The brilliant approach I like, especially when it comes to implementing Technology, because a lot of times we we talk to different people, and a lot of times you talk to other people in the organization, and you use them to do something, but you're going to give them an ROI. So, for example, hey, you pay for the software, but if I can't prove you that it actually makes us more money, I'm going to pay the difference. In 99% of the cases, it's working. Right? At the end of the day, we set out change to go to another place. Okay, So in your personal life, that would mean you can't hang out with your mates at the pub and get hammered every Friday night if you want to go jet-setting with some billionaires across the world. Something's got to change. You can't expect you do something different and all of a sudden the world says... Well, you know what? Oh, sorry. You do the same thing over and over again? You know, let me just give you a different result each and every time. Ain't going to happen. So you want to make sure that if I give the same input every time, I'll get the same output. So if I change the input, I'm going to get a different output. That's true in revenue management. When you do price experimentation, that's correct if you restructure your team. That's correct if you try out new rate plans. That's uh, when you do upselling. It doesn't matter what you do. If you change your approach and if you change what you're doing, it has a different outcome. It doesn't mean that there is a positive or a negative outcome because in a lot of cases you don't know, but you plan for it, right? So that is crucial that you actually know where do I want to go? What is the end result that I have afterwards? And then you have to 
recognize the subtle changes. When you ask people to change, when you ask your business to do certain things that are new, people are apprehensive because of the reasons we discussed. But they're generally not against it as long as they understand what's in it for me. And then at a certain point in time, they're going to dip their little toe into the water. And then they're going to pull it right out again. Just like that. Bing! And you got to recognize that. And you got to reward it. Now, you might not have 100% compliance here, but crikey, they dipped their toe in. That deserves an applause. You dipped the toe. How was it? How was it dipping your toe? And then you can start because then people know that you're genuine about bringing that change in your organization forward. It's not easy. You have to play political BS all the time. You have to influence people. You have to manipulate certain amount of people, right? But at the end of the day, we're doing change because we're not happy with the current status quo and therefore want to move the business myself to that next level. Second part is we need to make sure that the people that join us on the road, we recognize that they're equally changing, but not maybe as fast as we do. And that those are in the way are either turn around and walk with us or we have to move them out of the way. And that is perfectly acceptable. But the one thing above all that I want you to take away before you go out there and get them is that motivation, it doesn't matter if it's born out of pleasure or pain, is not a long distant runner. And as boring as it sounds, people, right? As boring as it sounds and as predictable as you are, discipline starts where motivation stops. So now go out there and change your way of doing things and take the world by storm. Go get them, tiger!